It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, welcome to episode 11 of the Coventry Telegraph's podcast, While We Sing Together. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Sky Blues legend Dave Bennett, hero of the 87 FA Cup final, of course. Um, I make it 172 league games, Dave, 25 goals for the Sky Blues. Does that, does that sound about right to you? I don't know. It belongs I played play that many. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time anyway. But you've played in two cup finals and there can't be many players that uh, you know can say that. Um, Man City, obviously, in 1981, where it all sort of started for you. Um, where, where do you keep your medals then now? Well, they're, they're all over the place. I always move them, because you never know. Um, <laughs> the, my winning FA Cup final medals upstairs, and my losers one, I, uh, I don't want to know about that one. It's all about winning. So, uh, as you can see, I've still got my Charity Shield medal up there now. So, uh, no, not uh, they're all in the way. But a great career. Uh, Dave, you know, um, and uh, so you know, you, you would become, I think, am I right in thinking you were the first black player to represent Man City in a cup final? Yeah, that's that's what they that's what they say. Because uh, at the time we've just had a little bit of a um, talk, which the reruns of football games, and I was being touted on the on the right show for the nineteen eighty one cup final, where I was called coloured, and uh, the the commentator was Jack Charlton. And uh, it's Paul Powell on the ball. He's gone past one and he's passed it to the coloured boy, which them days it was accepted, but nowadays it's not. And it's a bit of a, um, an insult, really, when you're a commentator, you don't know the player's name. Mm. And the FA Cup is a major, major event yeah. in, in, the, in the world of football, our calendar, mm. uh, where everybody sees it. So uh, things have moved on now because they, they yeah, don't carry. <laughs> yeah, so they can't use the word coloured, but you would have thought. As a commentator, you would have known the, my name. Yeah, and uh, I mean it was a, a great occasion as well, though, wasn't it? I mean, I know it, you know you were on the losing side, but it was um, it was it the centenary. Um, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was the hundredth cup final, and then we had the replay back at uh, Wembley, and it's uh, ironic to say to playing the first one and Tommy H, Tommy Hutch just scored both ends, and then later on in my career, I played another cup final. You have a player who scored both ends, so yeah. how ironic is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you left Man City, I mean, you had two seasons uh, at uh, Cardiff, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, where you also had a bit of success as well, didn't you? You got promoted. Yeah, I got promoted there. I went down to Cardiff. Uh, the chairman came to me and asked me, could I help him out and go to Cardiff? Not, not Being a young lad, not knowing that I was being groomed to be staying at Man City. And the manager weren't too happy at the time, John Bond. And I went to Cardiff because my brother was already down there, so I thought I'll you know take one step back to go two steps forward. And while I was down there, I was very successful uh, playing for Cardiff, where I got promoted. Yeah, and you know a nice touch that you were able to sort of play with your, your brother. Was that the only time you played with him? You know, at, at a professional level? Yeah, definitely. It was a, a unique situation really because at the time not many brothers played together. And um, going down to um, Cardiff, which was known for for just rugby, 
Uh, so I can travel down there and I couldn't see a football pitch and also being a black player going down there, the barriers that we were breaking down at the same time, my, my brother and I, we unknown to us, but uh, we were successful and it broke down a lot of barriers. Mm. And who's the better player, you or Gary? Well, uh, I've won more than him. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that says it all. But it's interesting, you know, because I, I don't know whether you were the first brothers to play for Cardiff City but um, certainly we, this week we've had history in the making with um, our own uh, Sky Blues Dion and Devon Kelly Evans who became the first um, twins to start uh, first twins to start a game for the Sky Blues a senior game um, and I think they're, they're only as far as I'm aware they're the only um, brothers to have um, featured for the Sky Blues and um, I think Keith and Gary Thompson played against Everton back in the early 80s 81 I think it was where I think uh, Gary started the game and Keith came on as a sub, um, but they didn't start a game together, and that was their one and only appearance together. Um, but it's it's uh, it's quite unusual, isn't it, for brothers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's, Man United had the, the Neville brothers, but yeah. uh, but other than that, there, there aren't that many, are there? No, there's not that many. It's, an, it's a great achievement by him, and hopefully, you know, I wish him all the best. I see him and they talk to me sometimes, you know, because they're, yeah. they're quite small, but they, they've got a heart of gold, and I hope they, they build on from this and have a successful career because it's very difficult as brothers, mm. you know, because one of you will be asking the other one how you played because, like, when I had my brother, I used to ask him how I played and he used to tell me and I used to have to make comments and he'd make comments and listen to me and he can help each other in more ways than one mm. uh, by talking to each other and obviously you know each other the way, you, how you live and, and, and your features and whatever. So hopefully they'll push on from here and uh, have a successful career and hopefully it's with Coventry City. And they're a feisty pair, aren't they? I mean, they just, I, I just love watching them play because they've just got so much heart and determination. You know, they're so um, and tenacious, you know, and that, and they're not afraid of a tackle. And, you know, it, it, I think they, they just epitomise everything, you know, that a local lad playing for his hometown club, you know, should be. Well, that's right. They, they play with their eyes. Like you say, Stevenson, who played in the middle of the park, he's playing for his own club. And, and the two lads, they're tenacious in the tackle. You know, when I'm, I'm not going to disrespecting by saying they might not have the best uh, talent or skillful but they make up for that with their the way they tackle the way they go about it and they, they want to win every game and their attitude is that I'm going to give 150% mm. So let's move on to the Sky Blues and uh, in terms of your own playing career um, how did the move come about to Coventry from Cardiff? Well Bobby Goo was manager of Bristol City at the time and um, being down at Cardiff he was managing them and watched us play and obviously having a successful uh, season at Cardiff, he fought, uh, brought me to Coventry City through of the success I had down there. And um, you joined at the time, what year did you join? 1983, when all the players were leaving, which I thought I was joining the likes of Danny Thomas and Gary Thompson and uh, the, all the, the younger lads who were there at the time, but all of them was out on contract, so... We had a mass exodus at the time, so we had to buy loads of players in. And the, the, I mean that you talk about those players, the, the Danny Thompson, all that. That was, that was a special group of players. In fact, there's a there's a, a new book about that that era um, from Steve Phelps, um, a City fan who's also an author. Um, you know, and he, he talks in his book about you know that special sort of group of players that, that sort of came up through um, the ranks. I think they were coached by Dave Sexton at the time. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, um, and it's such a shame, you know, because you know they could have gone on to be such a fantastic team, couldn't they? And yet they, it all sort of broke up, and, and the rebuilding process started again. 
That's right, because being at Manchester City, I played against them in the reserves because we used to have a reserve team league then. <laughs> Forget it or not, we used to call it Central League and I used to play against Gary Thompson, the likes of Gary Gillespie, uh, Steve Jackson, a few of the other lads who played at the time. And um, so when I so I did know of them because I'm playing against them. Mm. So when I was getting coming up to commentary, I knew what players I'd be going to play with or meet because mm. I played against them already. And then by the time I got here, there was a bit of a mass exodus. So it was like mm. a, you know going to school again, you know, meeting new friends and meeting, having new faces. Yeah. And you know the, the team that did finally uh, rebuild itself, or, or you know the, the players that came in. Um, it was a special group of players, wasn't it? <laughs> to, you know, just stamp their mark on history, didn't they? Well, it was a magnificent group of players. When you think that uh, the likes in the first group who played with myself, Trevor Pete, uh, Oggy came the, the, the next year, Sill came the next year, Mickey Jane came in the first year with us, and so and they still had a turnover of so many players, and then we built from there because we had to win the first three years win the last game to stay up so it was really unique you know we played Norwich we we beat them 2-1 to to stay up the next year we had to win the last three um, by beating Everton to stay up and uh, and in the, the year uh, uh, we had to beat Queen's Park Rangers to, to stay up and then from that from that transformation we uh, went on to be a formidable team for the next two seasons and we did really well and Obviously, we were playing attractive football at the old, at the same stage. And uh, you know, when John Sillett um, came along, um, you know, it, it was uh, there was a great camaraderie, wasn't there? A great team spirit. You know, you used, they used to take you away, didn't they? Uh, George Curtis, obviously, as well. Um, they used to sort of take you away and, and stuff like that. And I don't know whether that happens now. I mean, we heard last week that um, Mark Robbins took the players' paintball in and had a bit of a relaxing day away from the training ground. But did that happen more often back in the day? Yeah, it happened more often back in the day. He, he, you know, you've got to give him uh, credit. Credit is due. George Curtis and um, John Sillett. Uh, John looked after the team and George had the the, the permission to because he was a on the board at the same time if the lads wanted to go away and but we had certain rules that the certain rules was that we, you could never be seen drinking a pint you always had to be drinking half a, half a pint but the problem with that is you drink <laughs> halves a lot quicker <laughs> so we got people into to, to, together and what's why we were um, having a drink we started to talk to each other and you got to know each other and like you say in this day and age now there's so many diversities of players playing together from different backgrounds that some of them only stayed together for maybe two years but while I was with them um, at the time with John John got us together and got to know each other on and off the pitch and so we were also a team off the pitch as much as a team on it mm. so when it came to um say having a go at my fellow uh, colleague on the pitch it was took that way because he was having a go at him because of the the um, the ball he played or the way we were playing and it was took that way mm. and you, you buckled down not just having a go at you because oh you would you know, I fancied that uh, last night or mm. having a go at him last night or being a big head or something like that. Yeah. Everyone was on the same level and uh, if you was a bit out of order people always cut you down to size. And, uh, you know, that, that special bond, I mean, obviously the success of the cup final um, and 30 years on, um, here we are now sort of thing. And you, you've been 
part of those uh, great celebrations of the 30th anniversary and all that sort of stuff. But it's lovely to see that you all keep in touch now, don't you? To this yeah, day, we, we still get together, don't you? On a monthly yeah, we, basis. We, we, we still keep in touch now. We're meeting up on Sunday, uh, all the local lads, uh, uh, Brian Bowes, uh, uh, obviously didn't play in the cup final, but we still he's still part of the squad. Yeah. Uh, and Oggy, Mickey Jin, Sue will probably coming over, Trevor Peak, Lloydy, we, we you know Dean Emerson, we get all the local lads who are still here, we meet up and try and put the, the world to right <laughs> what we what we could say. But yeah, it just, just goes to show how strong a bond we have, you know, even the manager comes for a, a half a lager or a lager with us and it's just it's just fantastic fantastic unique set of players mm-hmm. in the, the way we bonded together oh you know not saying that we liked each other but uh, we we got on with each other and we played the game accordingly you know so um it's it's, it's a fasc- it's fascinating really yeah. that after 30 odd years we're still meeting up mm-hmm. we're still trying to talk about football we're still saying that <laughs> we should do this they should do that uh, and it, it's great so who I mean you, you've you know you've had a fantastic career, but who was the best player you played with in any position? Well, it's difficult to say the best player to play with because obviously when you you start out your career at Man City, you're learning and and you you watch your mentors and like you say, I, I ended up playing with Colin Bell, Peter Barnes, uh, Dennis Stewart took me under his uh, under his wing, taught me how to uh, uh, educated me uh, how to conduct myself and always finish the training with free penalties or bit of finishing and, and he took me under his wing and learnt me little things and like that so I took a little bit from him, I took a little bit from other players and I had a, a coach called Dave Ewing who always made me do weights in the afternoon so I took little things and little bits from there and then that uh, uh, playing with them great players and learning things out about your trade and then it brought me on to Cardiff and I took little things from, from there because then when I went to Cardiff, I was a, like classed as a big fish in a small little sea there because of being at Man City. Mm. So I had to uh, conduct myself a little bit differently. And also I had my brother down there. So mm. playing with my brother and helping him. So uh, and so I had to be professional there. So it, it brought on. So I played with players at uh, Cardiff where it did well. Roger Gibbons, uh, Jeff Emmerman, who scored 26 goals that year and did his legs. So I, I took little things from there and then I moved on to... Um, Coventry City and the bond we had with the turnover of players so I took a little bit from that too and then probably helped us because we've been around a little bit to, to unite mm. as a team so as as players individually I couldn't really say but as a group of players I've got to say the 87 team because it's a f- fantastic achievement to mm. be uh, almost uh, relegated and then we turn around just change the style of football how we want to play and the next two years were just phenomenal uh, uh, the way we played and we were entertaining football and uh, and we should have pushed on from there so being a, a, a you know a, a skillful winger who was who was the toughest opponent you played against who was the nastiest fullback Oof, I had a few nasty fullbacks there Van den Aal, the Bailey Dix uh, Dennis. I mean, Junior yeah. Dix, I mean, looks hard as models, doesn't he? What was he yeah. like? Was he a nasty piece of work? Well, you knew he was going to foul you. Uh, you get another <laughs> so, yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah, and they could kick from them days. You could tackle from behind, you know, Stuart Pearce. It'd be fair, you know he's going to give you a whack, see how he goes. 
uh, and Van Den Aal and Mark Dennis, the, the new rules going to give you a, a clip. Uh, you know, you play against Dennis, uh, Kenny Sampson, he's going to give you a clip, but it'll always be overlapping. Um, and so you, it was difficult, very difficult, because they were allowed to tackle from behind. Mm. So you uh, you expected it and you had to get up and um, show them that it didn't hurt. Mm. Who was the biggest player that you played against in terms of stature and um, you know, biggest star? Uh, the biggest star I played against uh, when I played for Man City, I played against New York Cosmos, which they had loads of stars with Niskins, Carlos Alberto uh, and... Um, other players and in the in the stand was Mick Jagger and Pele, which I got <laughs> I got man of the match, which Pele apparently is supposed to have picked it. So it's a great wow. honour for me. Did it was a great honour, yeah, yeah. Well, he come into the changing rooms because Dennis Truett then we used to play for New York Cosmos, and um, we had one playing for Coventry called Steve Hunt. We'll probably play about the same time, so mm. uh, it was a great honour because Dennis took me under his wing, so he always looked after me, so he taught me how to, you know open a bottle of wine and drink it and everything like that. So it was a great honour. So as a young lad, yeah. them days, it was just fascinating and you're learning and you're learning and you're picking things up all the time. So if, only had they, if only they had mobile phones in those days, you could have got a selfie with them. <laughs> yeah, or sign shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who were your idols, I mean, as a kid, growing up? Well, as, as a kid, as a bit growing up, obviously, boxing, Muhammad Ali, uh, being a black idol and Pele, and, but, just uh, uh, anything to do with football at the time, uh, and obviously with my parents being from um, from the West Indies, uh, and and that it was difficult with black superstars at the time. And I can remember when I was at uh, Man City, they, I got asked to go and play in there, to go over to South Africa and play, uh, play football for the Rebel Tour, and I come home to my mum and dad and told them I was getting a lot of money at the time. Um, and they just told me no, which I didn't know anything too much about the apartheid. Mm. And then I, I've, I obviously researched myself into it, and um, I didn't go to it, which uh, subsequently uh, was very glad I didn't go. Yeah, you feel very proud of that decision and the, yeah. and the advice that your parents gave you at that time. That's right, because uh, I had to come back into the black community and mm. live and, and everything like that, and I was very, very proud of the, the advice they told me not to go over and play there. Mm. Now, talking of uh, that community that you grew up in, I understand you, you've, you're, um, I don't know whether to use the, the, the term <laughs> friends as loosely, but um, you've got a very famous um, rock star friend, haven't you, from your connections with Manchester City? Yeah, that's right. I um, went to a game and uh, got introduced to Noel Gallagher and uh, we started talking and asking him about where you're from and he knew of me because I played for Man City. And then we started talking about uh, where I was from and... We ended up having a bit of a, a chinwag that we missed most of the second half because we were talking about he's from the same area as I was from and then we ended up exchanging numbers, uh, you know, to give him a call when he's playing in certain areas down in Birmingham and everything and uh, we had a selfie together. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. So are you, are you gonna are you going to sort of go and see him in concert? When, well, like I'll, I'll, they... I will do. I'm not saying I'm the greatest fan of his music. I do know about his music. <laughs> you didn't tell him that, though, obviously. <laughs> nah, I told him I love his music. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, uh, I listen to him and things like that, and I probably would go and watch him, obviously, as you do, because you're friends with him, ain't you? So, it's so you, you haven't got an Oasis album? No, but I have got an... <laughs> I did go and see him at the Rico. All right, okay. uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll let you off there. And, um, you know, talking about your, your time at Man City, um, if you were in your prime now, right, would you get in Pep's side? Great question. Uh, I would have thought, I would have said yes, I would get into Pep's side, but they're doing that well now. Not many people are going to get into that side. I would have thought I would have been one of the subs. I would go far to say I would have been one of the subs that they could call upon. Uh, but they're going brilliant at the moment. Where we're getting that side, I just don't know if it'll be a winger or centre forward. But obviously, with Aguero breaking the all-time record scoring, I don't think I'll be getting in as a centre forward. Uh, and on the wing, we've got Ryan Sterling and. Sterling and uh, Sane doing very well on the wing, so I'll probably have to wait by my time. But uh, it'd be just nice to be part of the squad. I'd say it would be nice to be winning their money as well, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, if you're winning, you, you will get the money. Can you believe how far football's gone in terms of the finances? Can you believe the, the sort of figures that players are earning these days? I can believe it, and I, I, uh, and what I can't believe is just, like you say, some of the legends who who have opened the doors for some of these players and you've got some of the players who come to some of the clubs and they don't research some of the players like you'll you'll see some of the players they don't know the history of certain clubs mm. and they come here and it create atmosphere and you have we have local derbies against Leicester against Villa and some of the players will come here and they think great atmosphere but they don't know the this history of it they don't know in the importance that's what mm-hmm. surprises me when you go to a club you want to know about that mm-hmm. you know certain players it's that, what it means to them but financially well it's gone to a new level and it with sky television and now bt uh, and and the way it's going and the average player now in the premiership is on 50 grand mm-hmm. a week for probably just sitting on his bum uh, which it's all right getting the money but what I can't understand is, after so long, sitting on your bum, don't you want to play? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to go out and mm-hmm. play first-team football or earn that money? But you've got some players now who just just want to sit on their bum and get 50 grand a week, which, yeah, it's all right for a bit, but I'd be fed up. I want to play. I want to mm-hmm. get, get a shirt. Or if not there, go play somewhere else and, you know, be playing and earning my money. Mm-hmm. Let's move back to the Sky Blues. And, um, uh, do you know Mark Robbins? Yeah, Norvin obviously but our Manchester connections because he was a Manchester United uh, player. I was a Manchester City player at the time, so we used to maybe cross swords in different ways. But uh, through the Manchester connection, that's how I know him. Yeah, and you obviously watch the Sky Blues on a regular basis, whether it's summarising with the BBC um, or just sort of going. Um, you've been to most home games, is that right? Yeah, I've been to. Uh, not missed many home games. I think I missed the one against Maidenhead in the FA Cup, which I don't think I missed much there. <laughs> and how do you think they're doing this season? They're doing well. Um, they're doing well, uh, obviously, uh, uh, watching the games from the start of the season, Notts County, uh, and their defence is absolutely rock solid. But they've only let in eight goals, and three of the goals they've let in have mistakes from the goalkeeper, uh, which cost us nine points. Um, we're doing really well and I went to the game against Chesterfield where uh, we went down to 10 men well Chesterfield went down to 10 men and we couldn't break them down we had very good support and they absolutely was giving uh, Mark Robbins a bit of an hard time because mm. uh, we missed a lot of chances and the lad McNulty missed a few and, and I um, I remember staying on the radio 
uh, we've got a few games to come early in the season and we'll see how it goes give him a chance he knows what we're lacking and um, touch wood as they say three three games later we're back in the you know in the, uh, the top six mm. and everything's doing all right mm. all right we've had a little bit of a blip where we've gone four games without scoring a goal and we, 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 we and we uh, uh, we're getting it right, and then we've gone to Luton and, and blown them out of the water. Which now, but we've got to keep going. It's just a, a quarter of the season gone. It's a long way to go. I mean, we'll come to the strikers and the, the sort of problems at the sharp end in a minute. But but just briefly, I mean, how good do you think Jordan Willis and Rob McDonald are as a partnership and, and individually? Well, we've talked about uh, uh, Willis long time. They've been talking about Jordan Willis. A few clubs have been looking at him. Defensively, he's very sound. He's learning all the time, he, and, he, and that's what he's there to do. But uh, as you look at, if he wants to go and play higher, he, his distribution of the ball has got to be a lot better, which he can work at, mm. and um, he, he probably knows that himself. But uh, as a centre half, uh, I want my centre half to defend, and that's what they get paid for. Mm. If I want a footballing centre half, I'll probably go and get one. But as a two, as a pair, that's what you want them to do, and it's proved this season uh, as a as a combination two. Um, they're playing ever so well, and they um, looking after each other commendably. Yeah, the goals have been a problem, haven't they? Why do you think that is, and where do you see the problem lying? Well, we've got two defensive midfield players with uh, Michael Dole and and um, Kelly in the middle of the park. They're not uh, uh, creative midfield players. They're there to, to back up. Maybe we could have a creative midfield player in there in, in that way. Uh, we've got one winger with Jody Jones who's doing well on the wing and we haven't got anything coming down that, that maybe the right-hand side. We've got Vincenti down there and he's, he's used for his height more than his uh, football ability on the wing. He's, then he's going to beat players and, and, and get balls in and I think we're just lacking that, uh, um, that threat we need keys to unlock defences, and if we're going to get, uh, if we're going to score goals, you've got to create chances to give them a chance to miss them, and we're not we're not doing that at the moment. Hmm. I mean, if we look at the players individually, I and mean, we'll go through the, the forwards, but I mean, Martin McNulty, sort of, you know, the fans get a little bit impatient, but you know, as a as a sort of fellow ex-pro, I mean, can you, what do you see his qualities? Because I mean, his, his movement. Um, and his and his energy. I mean, he, he seems to have all the raw ingredients, doesn't he? Yeah, his, his movement. He wants to, to 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 play. You see that he gets a bit frustrated. He probably gets a bit frustrated with himself sometimes because uh, uh, he's not hit the back of the net, I suppose. Uh, but he wants. To, he needs service. If he gets the service, I think he'll do ever so well. Uh, he's trying. I'll, you know, I'll give him his due. Every game, I've seen. I've you know, I've heard people talk about him. he's missed, but. He's still a young lad. He's learning his trade, and you've got to you've got to remember, we are playing at a level where they're gonna make mistakes. They're not Premiership players. Yeah. They they are playing at this level. They're still learning the trade, so that you've got to. But we've got to give them chances to make mistakes. Mm. And like if we want to give them one two chances, and he misses, and we lose one nil, the, the, the crowd and the fans are gonna be on him. But if we're giving him five or six chances. Uh, hopefully, he'll be standing to knock them in, mm. and then the crowd will think, "Well, he's that." Yeah, but this is it. This is the level we're playing at at the moment. Mm. So he you, he gets tighter and tighter, and, and teams now will will uh, put their, you know, back their uh, come here and park the bus. Mm. So it's up to us to break him down. 
I mean, that has been a problem this season, hasn't it? You know, that team's just putting men behind the ball and it's been difficult to break down. But what, what do you think of Jordan Ponticelli? And, you know, he's a raw talent, but I mean, he scored two on Sunday and two fantastic finishes. I mean, he looks a natural talent to me. Yeah, there's been a big shout for him to be playing. Uh, and he's a local lad and he's come in and he's doing really well and he's got in at... at uh, on Saturday and scored two two great goals goal scorer but he needs a service you know he needs a service to creativity for midfield to play that ball roll that ball into him and or roll it alongside a defence so he can finish maybe a one touch finish or two touch finish and will take some people on uh, and also they'll look at him he's a young lad you know you'll put him in take him out put him in take him out so you don't burn him out so that you know he's a prospect that we've got to look after mm. But you know he started his first senior game and first league game. I think it was at Luton, which was a big game for him to go in. And then the following week he starts. It makes his second start against Maidenhead, and gets the two goals. So I guess he's earned a start on Saturday, hasn't he? Well, yeah, he would have probably he's earned a start on Saturday. But uh, the, like you say, you've you, you've got to look after him. You've got to. You can't. You don't want him to burn out. You know. You've got to he, he, he come on Saturday enthusiasm and. and he'll, do well and, and want to do well and, and hopefully he's learning his trade as his game goes on but also Mark Robinson has got to look after him when he thinks mm. right we've got to take the young lad out and say right wrap him up a little bit and you know and he goes keeps training and then bring him in again and, yeah. and learn his lad that's that's how I look at that's how I was brought up because sometimes you can burn some of these young lads out because they're playing against men now yeah. instead of like uh, under 17s under 21s which I don't agree again. Yeah. Agree with. What age did you make your debut? Senior? I made my debut when I was nineteen, but I, I, I'm a great believer in reserve team football because um, you play against under seventeens, uh, and you know what they're going to do, where the ball's going to go. Then you play against them again, under nineteens, so you know the same players, yeah. the same build, that the the same, and then you play against them again, under twenty ones, and you know these players. Because they're all the same age, and yeah. you've played against them. When when you come to seventeen and nineteen, you won't be playing first team football against uh, or reserve team football where you play against men. Yeah, and men are not going to do what you expect them to do because it's 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 a different kind of thing. That's how you learn your trade, and that's yeah. where you, you you come along. And I think it's a great learning curve for for young players to be doing that. And now, obviously, now with the checker trade tro- trophy, they, they're trying to implement that with yeah. under twenty ones playing against. Um, lower league sides who are putting in big big teams and, and they're learning their trade and you can see the other night against uh, West Brom West Brom have got a few young talent mm. uh, which is how you learn and you get to on because no disrespect to it you play against on the 17s you know they're going to pass it there they know they're yeah. going to pass it there and then you move up to the same age they're going to play against them again on the 18s on the 19s and it's the same players because yeah. <laughs> they're on probably two, three-year contract. Yeah. So you've got a, you've got the sort of same group of players, yeah. uh, uh, and then hopefully if you stay on, you're playing against them again in under twenty ones. Yeah. So unless you do fantastically well, <laughs> you're playing against the same players what yeah. for two, three years. What do you make of the duck then? Duckins Nizam, leading scorer, coming on loan from uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. He's he's done well uh, considering he wasn't fit at the time. Uh, uh, and he's come in and he's he's mixed in. He's he's had a new little bit of a bow to us. 
he, he, it's it's to see, it's nice to see someone taking him on. You know, we've got Jordy Jones on the wing, um, dropping his shoulder, taking him on, and I'm a great fan of that wing player or someone to drop the shoulder and take someone, be a creative player, and we're lacking that. Uh, and uh, he will try and have a go at a defender, uh, and, and that's what we want. We not, we need that little bit of uh, guile, a little bit of can we drop your shot? Can you get your shot in? And he he's in, wants to do that. Mm-hmm. And Max Biama, what, what do you make of him? He's come from non-league Sutton United. He scored 13 goals uh, last season for them, obviously different level. But um, he, he got his first goal uh, the other night. Um, uh, it's been a long time coming, I guess, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time coming. He's had a few chances. Um, we played, uh, was it Barnett on the TV? You know, a couple of chances there. I think he's still finding his feet. Uh, you know, he's got a lot to, to, to learn. I think he'll have a lot to give and hopefully if he keeps learning he'll have a big say in whether we uh, get into the promotion go straight up or get into the playoffs mm. but as long as he keeps learning and wants to learn um, he'll be a big asset to us yeah. Now We mentioned Jody Jones before but if you were to go in there to Wrighton tomorrow and you were say, you was, Mark Robin said to you right, Benno go and have a chat with Jody you've got half an hour what would you teach him what would you tell him well, I'll, I'll, what I'll, I'll say to him is, first I'll ask him, what do you want to know? Because uh, my weaknesses, he'll probably ask me about his weaknesses, and I'll say to him that, you know, you probably have to mix your game up a little bit, uh, be you, be the boss. You, you, you've got you've got the ball and, you know, you talk to your full-backs, tell your centre-forwards if you're going to play him in first time, mix your game up. It's all about... It, the right decisions. He's got to make the right decisions on the football pitch, and and I'm sure Mike Robbins tells him and coaches him that way. But once they cross that white line, Mike Robbins is not the boss no more. Mm. You're the boss, so you're on that pitch. It's about you making the right decisions. So things might not be going against you because they might they've had you watch. So you might have two players against you. So if you've got two players banked up against you, you've got to learn then whether to lay it off. Or cross it first time. Just stand it up and cross it. You and then by doing that, you tell the other players, or you might have to run inside, uh, things like that. So it's it's about you making the right decisions and learning. And um, I could tell him little things where he might think, well. And and, and I keep telling him, and the penny might not drop for six months, and then he'll wonder why or, or why I've told him that. Mm. And um, when you get to the byline, don't worry about uh, who's in the box. It's just. You just concentrate on the ball, of getting that ball to pass the first man. Don't worry about who's in the box, because sometimes you haven't got time to look up in who's in the box. You just concentrate on the ball, when you knocked it to the byline, of elevating that ball. And you, once you concentrate on the ball, just get to your foot in that, the ball, that's all you worry about. Or if you're going to bend it round it, or you're just going to clip it. You know, that's all you got to do is concentrate and now just mix your game up a little bit. And um, I like to see him getting in the far post, scoring goals, a few headers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll tell him I've got some shampoo for him. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe sort of you know, taking a gamble a little bit and getting in the box and getting some scruffy ones. Yeah, I want him to see him scoring more goals. Mm. I want him to get there, but got at the far post and like to see him, you know, that he's better in the air. And people think because if 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 he's good in the air, imagine what the the, the, the right fullback or the left fullback is mm. going to think. He's not bad in the air, and then they haven't got an outlet then because the ball will come because he's no he's not going to get in there. 
So it's up to him of, of, of wanting to get in there to score more goals. If he scores more goals, he's you now he's learning and it, it widens his range. Yeah. Now, Mark Robbins is, um, has already talked about strengthening the January window. Um, presumably, if you were manager, you'd be thinking the sharp end, really. But I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know, it's difficult to get. Well, it's difficult in the summer to get a twenty goal a, a season striker, let alone um, at January. Yeah, you, you'd have thought so, but I just think that I think he needs, just needs a, uh, another winger uh, with a bit of pace. I just think he needs a bit of pace up front there to 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 off, offload and have that key to unlock defences because his defence is very solid. He's got two uh, solid midfield players and they just need an outlet so that if the ball was to break and the lad's on the right, he's got a little bit of pace or he have a little bit of trickery, you can knock that ball to him and he'll take him on and you, all you lads have to do is sit back. It'd be great to see, a great example is uh, the two wingers at Man, Man City, you know, uh, Sterling, very positive. Sane, very positive. They get it and they're running at players. The next time, they lay it back. The next time, one's crossing it from the left-hand side and the right winger's putting it in the neck. You know, Sterling's goal, goal ratio this season is unbelievable mm. and he's playing on right wing. So, which we want to see if someone goes down the uh, the right hand side instead of checking about putting the ball in, and one of our midfield players going in and scoring, uh, wouldn't that be great to see? One of our midfield players, he's crossing, he's going in early because all he has to do is if the centre forwards come short, he comes and plays in midfield for five minutes till he gets in, and vice versa. And but getting the ball into the box, see if they can defend. Uh, you never know. They might, like they say in the cup final, you get the ball in the box, he might put it in for you. Mm. And that was Lloyd putting the ball in the box. So it just it just goes to go, yeah. say it does work. Yeah, it yeah. does work. Yeah. Do you think they'll get promoted? Yes, I think they will get promoted. I think uh, Mark knows what he wants and what he needs. We he, He's... He's uh, quite happy with his back four. I don't know <laughs> which goal he's going to have, <laughs> which is no mental to any of them. Uh, obviously, they've let the odd goal in. It's cost us points. Uh, um, but I think Mark knows what he needs uh, to get us promoted. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But um, you, you, he's got to have plan B, plan B, C. Because mm. after Christmas, you're going to get teams that are going to part the bush. Mm. And we might have to go there and uh, try and exploit their weaknesses. And we've got to have to make sure that we've got a plan B or C, not plan A. Mm. So we've got to go there and he, he knows that. Uh, teams will come here and might part the bus and try and hit us on the break, which some of them have tried to do, as you will see. So he's got to make sure that he's got sufficient uh, firepower mm. that... If he has to change it, uh, it you know, gets three points. Yeah. Okay. Now, unfortunately, Dave, you, you're out of work at the moment, but um, you, you'd like to get back into football, wouldn't you? And um, and I guess a guy of your experience, um, you've got a lot to offer, haven't you? Whether that be scouting or coaching or, or whatever, uh, you know, whatever age group um, coaching. I mean, is that something that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at it because obviously, being on the media and, and watched a lot of games over the years, I've seen a lot of players. Mm. And I'm watching games all the time, and I, I like to to think that I could give something back, if not to the community. Like I've been uh, this morning doing walking football and playing with the the older generation, as they, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but also, it's nice to see that you know you, 
people do ask you to go and look at a certain player and what do you think? Uh, do you think he's good enough for this? And etc. etc. And and be a mentor to someone and probably help him in more ways than one that can talk to you. They might be going through a bad time because all of us went through bad times. I've had bad times when sometimes you you're playing and you just don't want to touch the ball and mm. things like that and how to get into a game and etc. etc. And, and I could pass that down sometimes. It, it it might not the penny might not drop straight away, but hopefully later on in their careers it will it will drop. So. I've got a lot to offer, and I think uh, uh, while I'm mobile enough, <laughs> I can uh, certainly, certainly help certain players of different age groups. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Well, best of luck, Dave, um, with that, and uh, thank you very much for your time. No and problem. that uh, concludes um, episode 11 of um, While We Sing Together, the Coventry Telegraph podcast. <laughs>